Hey, have you heard about popcultureclassroom.org? Pop Culture Classroom inspires a love of learning, increases literacy, celebrates diversity, and builds community through the tools of popular culture and the power of self-expression. That sounds awesome. Pop Culture Classroom envisions individuals transformed by the educational power of pop culture who create diverse, inclusive, and engaged communities, and they bring us Denver Pop Culture Comic Con. So... That's why you get these panels, these guests, these interviews, all of this programming that we offer through the BAC network. Other things that Pop Culture Classroom gives a shit about, quality service to kids and communities, respect, inclusiveness, and diversity, equality of opportunity, alternative approaches to education, recognizing each person's intrinsic dignity and importance, that's always good, and open communication, responsibility, and honesty. Does it sound like I'm reading that off their website? It's because I am. I want to get it right, because they deserve to get it right, and they deserve to have you go to their webpage, popcultureclassroom.org, and donate so that they can keep on trucking with their awesome mission to change the world through pop culture and literacy and education and etc. And I went, in that case, would you please explain what's going on? 
on and they, you know, the animators had her cheeks go out like this and her tongue go out. It was really cute, so I was certainly bummed that it never went anywhere, but it was a fun time. Yeah, but it, did, it got released on DVD like 30 years later. <laughs> <laughs> it was random. I still have a lot of those cards, too. Oh, yeah, you're great. Um, and then you also did a live action show you were on, I think it was called TNT. It was Mr. T's 18 follow up show that they shot in Canada. <laughs> yeah, that was my first on camera was job. Your first name? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's like two of the most iconic 80s things possible Mr. T and Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah, that's right. Jumping right in. Well, I mean, obviously the 18 was probably huge in Canada as well. Yes, uh-huh. uh huh. Were you super scared? Was that. No, weird? he was so nice. I walked over to him and they, they dressed me like Punky Brewster. Yeah. I was like a little reporter and he said, well, I choose something else. It was the first time he met me and he would say, Mr. Director, Mr. Lighting Guy, Mr. Whatever. He, he wanted to be nice to everyone. And so someone said, Mr. T, the director's name is Todd. He goes, I know that. And then he pulled me aside and said, just kidding. I don't know anyone's name, so I called him <laughs> Mr. and their job. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> it was sweet. We had a great time. So the best acting tip ever. It's like, the, that's like the, hey, it's this guy. I really got it names too, so that's smart. <laughs> Did you know that you, you I imagine you prefer the voiceover? Um, yeah, you I really don't. Voice? It's just what's taken off, and I'm very grateful because the characters that I played are so iconic. There aren't many, I don't think there's anyone else that can say I played Raven and Batgirl and Harley and Ivy and Huntress and Timmy and Bubbles and. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're all so iconic yeah. and whatever horseshoe I was born under, I'm so grateful because I'm taking a minute. Seeing all you guys when you come over to me and say thank you for my childhood and knowing I touched you all and you all taking the time to come give me love. I'm so grateful. So thank all of you guys. <laughs> Kindest people that like if anyone follows you on social media or has ever met you, like it's just uh, you know having done so many of these conventions and us, like you go so over and above and it's so genuine that you. Well, because I'm so grateful. We're yeah. nothing without our fans, and I often feel bad for my predecessors. June didn't know in her heyday how much she was loved, or yeah. Mel Blanc. They didn't have the internet then, and when I get recognized in my real life, sometimes my friends are like, "How do they know you?" I'm like, the internet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so nice to get the love back, and then uh, you know, communicating with fans on Twitter is wonderful. But then, of course, the online, ex the in-person experience is even more rewarding. Yeah, it's 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 kind of an amazing world. It's the best and worst of everything now because we do have that access that we didn't have. When yeah, we didn't I, I think the bad is bad. It's yeah. really bad, <laughs> uh, especially the cyberbullying. Yeah. I don't have patience for it. Uh, I don't understand why people like celebrate upsetting people or hurting people like that does not compute in my brain at all but being able to help those people yeah. being able to raise money for charity or raise awareness for good causes is you know i have four hundred thousand twitter followers if i say hey there's this kid with cancer everyone give a dollar that's that family is going to be pretty grateful yeah. and you do all the, like just to have that immediate channel and that access yeah um it's fantastic and, and it comes along with you know being visible and you know as a as a nerdy animation fan when i was growing up i mean i knew who did some voices but that's because i sat with a pen and paper in the credits i didn't know what they looked like um, so it's, it's it's kind of fantastic that all these people are like you are all the voices of these people because you would never equate 
you're so good at varying voices that if you didn't know you were all those people, I don't think you would guess that you were all those That's people. Nice <laughs> well, it's you know, and I, I, I talked to Andrea Romano, and, and her big thing was I hire people who are good actors, not just uh, stunt people or voice people, and they're great at acting. And so you bring that to the characters, um, which is why I thought maybe you preferred the voice acting because you can just you, you can be so many more things. There's, there's just great things about both. You know, when you are doing the voiceover job, you don't have to wait for hair and makeup and lighting. Of course, this has happened to me a few times, the day you come right from working out and you look like crap, they say, oh, we forgot to tell you access Hollywood's shooting behind the scenes. Right. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Um, but then getting the chance to do on camera is really fun. I had so much fun on Sabrina with all the special effects and being a witch. and. I really authentically love both so much, and every day that you get to work in this business is a gift. Did you get to work with, I mean, you worked with people like June, uh, and when, because people that don't know Rock and Bullwinkle, you got to. Uh, if you haven't do... seen it, I, I really recommend you checking it out. It's on Amazon, especially the second season. It's so good. Um, the guest celebrities are amazing Weird Al, Mario Lopez, and Everybody on the show is so good, and the animation is so cute, yeah. and I think not a lot of people know about it, but it's a really brilliant show. I was surprised, because that, growing up Rock and Bullwinkle was the first show I remember that didn't talk down to kids, like it was really smart. Wow, you're really old! <laughs> I know I am, I'm 75 I years old. I grow up with that show, Hope <laughs> <Hopefully> Smokes! <laughs> that is so ridiculously dead on there, too, it's like, we're... Were you always a good mimic? Yes. Okay. Uh, and musical as well, because yes. you started as a singer. Uh -huh. That usually goes hand in Most voiceover people are singers. You need a good ear right. to, to do voiceover well. And like you said, you need to be a good actor. I often hear people saying, oh, I really want to get into voiceover. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh, do you have any acting experience? No. And they think it's just reading, but it is not. It is not reading. And actually having um, a really unique voice isn't necessarily helpful. The people that sustain long careers and work all the time are very versatile and they're seasoned, trained actors. So it's like another part of the acting world. And I often say it's like asking a tap dancer to do ballet. If you don't study it, if you don't know it, you're not gonna be great at it. And it's such a small world that if you're not great at it, you'll never get a chance. And I really despise when people say, yeah, go for it, you should try, and pay for a demo. And, to audition, that's the most despicable thing. No one in my world got there because they paid to audition, that's a scam. And not everyone, even very, very talented people, get a shot. So it has to be like something that you cannot not try. It's, I mean, you're very, like I, Billy West is a and like I put you in that category with him of you're very technically adept at your voice. Like it's, it's obviously comes naturally, but you, you know, I imagine you're kind of like, well, this part of this voice is comes from this part of my head, or like I use this part of my, like it's very technical, and I feel like that's kind of something you just have the ability to be able to suss out or you don't. Yeah, it's true, you can't really teach someone how to do it, you can give pointers, and when you take lessons, you learn all the parameters of the microphone and different tricks of the trade, but um, being able to become these other characters is a unique gift to everyone individually in the business. I was on a panel, and they said, how do you get into character with a whole bunch of voiceover actors? And everyone answered differently. Yeah. And there's no wrong answer. It's your own um, journey and how you, your own process and how you create these characters. For me personally, 
they all live up in my brain and come down when it's their turn to play. So basically, I'm a crazy person on television. <laughs> so Do you find yourself slipping into voices like in all the time? Brain? All the time. Well, sometimes it's helpful, like telemarketers. <laughs>
sing in the studio with, with Jody Benson, I totally fangirled when I met her and burst into tears. She's like, are you okay? I just loved you for so long. Like, for my entire adult life, my, my bedroom still had the poster from my childhood with the little murmur. And so to sing with her was so surreal. So I'm, I'm, I'm real lucky. <laughs> it's, it's great to see someone who's a, a fan of the things that they do. Of course, yeah. Um, so we'll start on this side here. Who's the first uh, question there? Hi. Um, can you give us any information on the original Teen Titans region? <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I feel like it ended at such a pivotal story arc. I want to know what's going to happen with Trigon. I'm into it. I'm interested. And, um, everybody does. Everyone on the show does. And when they, they came to a team, you guys saw the Teen Titans Go movie, that little scene in the end. It's I said to, to this guy that was visiting from Warner Brothers, uh, is the show coming back? He's like, I don't know. Like, you put that scene in the end and you don't know? <laughs> Everybody's just going <laughs> to lose their minds. You have to. And he said, if it does really well, we'll bring it back. So that's what he said. I'm like, can I put that on the internet? And he said, yes. So I did. Um, and I don't know, but I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will because there's such a demand for it. I just hope they keep it. Yeah. Hey, Warner Brothers, are you listening? I think people want season six. That's I just hope they keep the original cast. I think that's why Go works, even though I know a lot of people give it not a lot of love sometimes. It's so fun to do, and I sort of look at it as a different show. It's just a fun, different version, and we all get to still play together. So hopefully when they bring back six, we'll bring us back too. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's the really cool thing about all the DC shows to me is that you can have sort of multiple interpretations of the same characters on the air at the same time, and they all work. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, it's, it's specifically a good idea to keep the cast that people love. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll do any version. Like, I'll do Titans on Ice if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I would 100% watch that. <laughs> Titans on Ice? Yes, Titans on Ice. Like they could do some cool floaty stuff. <laughs> Hi. Uh oh. Vanessa, come here. Come use my mic, sweet girl. Do they tend to seek you out? Well, the real answer is I just 
so talented. <laughs> <laughs> and um, sometimes they seek me out and I don't have to audition, but I do audition almost every day for my home studio. Sometimes I audition for parts I've already had, and sometimes I can be a little like gut-wrenching, but if you don't, it'll go to someone else. So I'm happy to keep doing it because I love what I do. Well, that's a good question. So, you know, I do my first audition in my home studio. I like to edit myself and make it perfect. And then it gets emailed. And then if I get a call back, I mean, when I get a call back, um, <laughs> they tell me in the studio what they want. And sometimes it changes from the first. Sometimes they like now the character's a little bit older, a little chubbier, teeth, missing teeth. It's from Ireland. Now he's a boy. Like, so you sort of have to be able to mold with what they want. And I've just been very lucky, that's all. That's sort of where that technician ability comes into play because yeah. you, you're able to make those adjustments that could seem really bizarre. <laughs> Someone yeah. like, you want me to what now? Yeah. They're Scottish? No, or? I'm ready to jump right in. Yeah. Well, you're, there's, a, there's a huge amount of Canadians that came down here. Uh -huh. uh, well, there's so much production in right. Canada and Toronto and Vancouver specifically. So I had over 20 years to make it before I moved to Los Angeles. So right. and a lot of them were American production. So well, no, it was Nelvana was the big company up there, right? We did Care uh -huh. Bears yeah. and Rock and Roll. Everyone should yeah. see. Um, yeah, it was like Maurice Lamar, Fifty Cent, like yeah. all came down kind of around the same time. Uh -huh. um, so we have a question here. Yes. This mic is, that mic is not. Is it? Is it on? It is. It's not working. Here, I'll go okay. so that you. Sometimes you're by yourself, 
but on those shows we all get to hang out and play off each other. And as an actor, that's really fun because if someone says a line like, uh, we gotta get going, like, oh, okay, and sort of mock them, if, and you wouldn't get that experience if they weren't right beside you. But yeah, I love that. What's your favorite show that you? That's nice. Seem tight when she said it. Whatever. Azrath, Metrium, Zinthus. Do you have kids watch this stuff that you do? Yeah, my kids like a lot of my shows. They like Rick and Morty right now. Yeah! Um, and uh, they like finding stuff that they didn't know amazing. I was in. Like, I hear my kid laughing his butt off. And he's like, oh, get in here. There's a Family Guy episode, and Stewie has to go to like some home, and there's these kids from all over the world and you're every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, you know, sometimes he's like, Mom, I, I played Injustice today and I killed everybody as you. I'm like, am I a good mother? Am I? Yeah, sometimes, you know, my, my younger one, you know, will be in line at Target or something and he's like, do you know she's Timmy Turner? <laughs> like, is he okay? <laughs> Um, and when Pony first came out, my son, my older one, was like in fifth grade or something, and when I would come to help out for hot lunch, all the kids would come rushing over to me to find out what was going to happen in the next season, next episode. <laughs> he was kind of embarrassed, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously when you're doing the episodes with everyone in the room, you know the plot and the whole episode. But when you're just doing it alone, do you read the whole script because you want to know what sometimes, happens? Sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes I'm super busy and I don't always get to. It's always beneficial to read everything right. in the stage directions because if the line is, whoa, and someone's falling off a cliff or seeing a hot guy, that's going to be a different read. Or if a hot guy's falling off a cliff. Or if a hot guy's falling off a cliff. Right. Yes. Which voice is hardest for you to do? Um, so probably, not hardest, but most vocally taxing was Terrence from Foster's Home. Because everything he did was down here all the time. You're a loser! Like, I was like, ow. First of all, is the mic working? Yeah! It is. <laughs> okay, my question for you, Terrence, is, uh, well, of all the characters you have played in your life, aside from Melody from The Little Mermaid 2, which one is your personal favorite? So aside from your personal favorite, which one I is your mean, personal favorite? It's hard to say. Every time Batgirl's on a script, I fangirl for myself a lot. I, like, my little heart's like, oh, I have to do Batgirl again. You know, when I first booked it and I got to sit beside, you know, that guy Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, like, pitching myself. So I love doing Batgirl. That Harley's so fun. Harley's like my therapy. Like, I get into that session and... It's like an it. It's just like unfettered. Yeah, but I also, like I said, love doing Powerpuff Girls and Teen Titans. And, you know, more recently, I love doing Rocky and Bullwinkle. Really fun cast report. When you do the same character that you've done in other shows, but the, the take is different in the animation style or the tone? Do you have to adjust for it? Yeah, I've done so many different versions of Harley, and you have to be aware of their surroundings, where they are, who their friends are, how old they are. Everything has to be tailored specifically to that version. Because I imagine that, that kind of, it's really hard to keep those straight. <laughs> Sometimes, not very challenging. We'll go in the middle there, yes. When did you start um, voicing Raven? It's like 20 years ago or something like 
I don't get tired or cranky is Harley. It's just such good therapy. I get excited to play her every single time. But it can be, it can be vocally taxing. Is there a voice that's the most like your regular voice? Probably that girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Is it weird that you got picked to do Ben 10 instead of a different character? I don't know. Do you think it's weird? <laughs> Does it look weird hearing Ben 10 saying, go to your room, coming out of his mom's face? <laughs> I love when I get asked to do a guest spot on a show, especially if I don't have to audition. 
And when it's a show like Family Guy or Rick and Morty where they're so funny and so fun and so iconic, I get really excited. I just did some new stuff for Rick and Morty. And you, if you're a fan, I, I'm not going to give you a spoiler, but I'm going to say the episode I'm in will blow your mind. I'm just like, blow your mind. Okay, you guys want the spoiler? Yeah! No. Aww. Aww, now we hate her. <laughs> Um, I cried. Like, I didn't anticipate that, but when I saw her getting her wings, I was super emotional, and I just cried. Did you like it? Yes. Yeah, it was really sweet. It was like a really big moment, and I, I loved it. I know a lot of fans are like, I would have done it a little bit later, or whatever it was, but the visuals and the impact of who she was, I thought it was just really well done. I cried. <laughs> But that just shows how invested in the characters you are, really. It's not yeah. like, you know, but again, it was so well done. It was such beautiful animation. Yes. Hello. Big inspiration. Question is, what's like your favorite type of voice to do, oftentimes? My favorite type? You know, I had a tremendous amount of fun doing Drawn Together. That was good. Comedy Central was good. Yeah. And I was doing a little show called The Rugrats at the same time. <laughs> Um, and my mother-in-law was visiting from the Bay Area, and I took her to a Rugrats taping, and then right after was a drawn together table read. And I said, I'm letting you know, this is not Rugrats. Um, but to be in the studio all day doing children's shows, which I love, to then get into a studio and sing a song about making out with Chris Summer, is pretty fantastic. It paid for Paid for it? So, I mean, I, you know, I love it all, but the adult comedy stuff is super fun for me. Yes. Uh, how did you feel uh, hearing about the Powerpuff Girls reboot? Mm. Listen, sometimes people in powerful positions, I want to watch how she signs this, to be me, which I thought was very gracious of her. 
Um, and, and so you have this attachment. They're like one of your children. It's, it's hard to watch someone else do it, and that's just part of the business, and it's not our choice. We don't own the characters. We don't own their voices. We just own our version of it, which um, is another reason we're so grateful to the fans, because often the fans let them know we like, you know, Tom Kennedy, SpongeBob, do anyone else, you die. Like, so, like, you know, I like that they're verbal. Like. And also, like, those shows, you know, Harbor Girls, SpongeBob just had, I think, with the 20th or 25th anniversary, they're, because they're animated, they're very timeless, too. So it's not like, um, you know, you're seeing a character that's been played by the same person for 30 years, and people are like, Right, and I still look good. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Where were we? In the middle? Yeah. Oh, why does Tara hate Raven? Because she wants my man. <laughs> she can't have him. We probably have time for two more. By the way, you're a really cute little Tara. I like your costume. <laughs> Uh, it's always disappointing. It's sad when something comes to an end, and I think with animation in particular, some of these shows could go on and on for uh, forever, for a really long time. So yeah, I'm pretty sad when things end. Pretty sad. Well, then you don't know it's going to end until no. after you're done. No, we don't know. It's, sometimes it ends when it's a big hit. Yep. You're like, what? Okay. Or like I said, or sometimes it. studio executives make mistakes. It's just the <laughs> truth. You're telling me non-creative money people make Sometimes. bad decisions? I know, like, can you imagine if I ran the network? <laughs> Everything's on forever. Right. <laughs> and I mean everything. <laughs> and it's all really good. You seen the Terrence Strong show? Which one? <laughs> Last question, yeah. How hard was it to do your crossover between the Powerpuff Girls and Teen Titans one? I'm going to be honest, it was really hard. And I didn't really find out till like uh, the recording day or something like that. It was pretty heartbreaking. Um, and we did not work with the other actors, so I don't know. That maybe made it a little bit better. I would have been kind, of course, even though like seething in the back. <laughs> but um, you know, it's just an unfortunate part of business. But there is an emotional attachment. To say there isn't would be a lie. And it's why you guys respond so well to your favorite voice actors. We put our hearts and souls in all these characters, right? So if I didn't care, that would translate. It's like seeing right? an ex dating a new person. You know, Let's like not talk about that right now. <laughs> well, we are out of time. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like Exotic Liability, No Applause, Just the Clap, and Black Falls. We can be found at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for The BACN on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Oh, yeah.